I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth in Mission. Almost a year and a half ago, a Bay Area resident who flew in from Wuhan, China, tested positive for the coronavirus. It was the Bay Area's first brush with COVID-19, and a couple months later, most of the region had issued shelter-in-place orders. And we couldn't fathom what would come next. 600,000 deaths across the country, about 450,000 cases in the Bay Area, a devastating toll on our economy, and new anxieties about our future unlike anything before. But now, we've finally arrived here. As of Tuesday, the state is officially back open for business. All capacity and social distancing restrictions are lifted. And while it's a huge sigh of relief, there are still so many questions. Chronicle engagement reporter Kelly Huang will walk us through what all these new rules mean. Later, friend of the show, Chronicle health reporter Aaron Alday, who has been guiding our pandemic coverage from the very start, reflects on what this reopening means. Let's start with the basics of this reopening with you, Kelly. I'm excited. I'm anxious. What should we expect? What's going to feel different in the Bay Area now? So basically, um, things are going to go back to uh, the way they were before the pandemic, or at least as close to the way they were. Um, The state's going to lift capacity limits and social distancing uh, restrictions for most businesses. Um, People who are fully vaccinated can go without a mask in a lot of um, public settings. There are some exceptions to this. That's um, going to include public transportation, BART, Muni. Um, Everyone still has to wear masks. Um, in healthcare settings um, and some other uh, places. But for the most part, people who are vaccinated can, you know, go back to some semblance of normal. Um, unvaccinated people, they will still be required to wear masks and socially distance um, in public settings. But, and this is a big but, um, everything's going to be under the honor system. So there's not really going to be any major enforcement of this moving forward. Um, and also businesses, they can, uh, make up their own restrictions. So if they want to see people's, you know, vaccination status, if they want everyone to wear masks, they can do that still. Um, and counties can still also have their own restrictions, but, uh, for the most part, they are aligning, um, as well with the state, um, at least in the Bay Area. Um, and also another, uh, um, thing is workplaces. That's been a little confusing, uh, the guidelines, but um, it's starting to become more clear this week. So on June 15th, people will still need to wear masks in their workplace, uh, regardless of whether or not you're vaccinated. But Governor Newsom announced that he would sign an executive order that would allow people who are vaccinated to go without masks as well. And that would start on Thursday. Got it. So it sounds like If we want to dig into the mask issue a little bit more, because I know that's a question for so many of us. If you're fully vaccinated, you're allowed to not have to wear a mask, whether that's indoors or outdoors and in any sort of public setting. Is that right? That is correct. Yeah, you can you can take off those masks and, you know, be a little bit (laughs) feel a little bit freer, um, you know, starting with these new guidelines. And um, again, there there are just a few exceptions. um, But for the most part, yeah. And public health experts and officials think that that is fine, even though this is mostly an honor system. We won't be able to tell who's vaccinated or not, but they feel confident just based on vaccination rates that orders can be lifted at like they are now. 
Exactly. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, if California, the Bay Area has been doing very well with their vaccination rates. California is at 55% um, of the population that is fully vaccinated. Bay Area has even higher rates. San Francisco is at 70%. So, you know, there's this, there's a confidence now that, um, you know, we're on the right track. And, you know, again, we can, uh, people who are vaccinated can feel safe, you know, going back and, and doing a lot of things that they loved and missed. So speaking of things that we love and miss, you know, there was hot girl summer and now it's being (laughs) called hot vaxxed summer, which is to say that people are just so ready to be out and go back to all the fun things that we've missed so much. So let's walk through a few scenarios here. Asking for a friend, is it safe to dance with strangers at a bar or a club dance floor now? You know, I'm not a huge karaoke fan, but I know a lot of my friends want to be back on the mic. Are all those things that seemed so scary just a few months ago, that's really safe now? You know, um, again, I think this is what this is signaling is that people who are fully fully vaccinated can do what they want again. Um, And that there's a very low risk to those um, people. So whether that is a crowded bar or club or karaoke bar, you know, if, if, and I think this is an if as well, if you feel comfortable and want to go do it, I, you know, you should feel, you should feel good about it. I think, you know, like with everything with the pandemic, it is based on your own personal risk assessment. Right. And it seems like it's also going to be dependent on how businesses feel comfortable running. A lot of this depends on how businesses decide to operate and if they feel safe allowing people to come inside inside their bars or restaurants without masks. Right, right, exactly. So, I mean, businesses can require that everyone wear a mask um, that they come in, you know, if they come inside, they can still ask people to socially distance or, you know, ask their vaccination status. And um, I think there are definitely going to be some businesses that will take things slower. I know that, um, for example, some of the museums in San Francisco, they are still going to keep their... Um, you know, lower capacity limits and still ask everyone to wear a mask. So I think, you know, that's another key here too. Um, If you are planning to go somewhere, make sure to look up what the rules are, um, what the restrictions are. I say bring a mask with you everywhere, whether you're vaccinated or not, um, just just to be safe, just to, you know, be helpful and be, you know, um, respectful of, of businesses. And, you know, as everyone's trying to get back to this normal So what are health experts keeping an eye out now? We're hearing about San Francisco and a big part of the Bay Area reaching a high level of immunity, maybe even compared to the rest of the country. But there are still risks and things we need to be careful about, right? Yeah. So, I mean, as I mentioned, 55% of the state is fully vaccinated, but that still means there's a lot of people who aren't. This includes uh, children under 12 who are not yet able to get vaccinated um, it won't be for a while. So um, I think, you know, experts are definitely, you know, keeping an eye out for whether there will be these um, definitely smaller, but still these outbreaks of, uh, you know, um, coronavirus um, outbreaks in certain communities. And, you know, there still is a risk, definitely. This isn't over. Um, and there are still people who that can who can get infected and pass it to others. And, um you know, also there, there's other groups of people that are, um, you know, have not yet gotten vaccinated. Um, Black and Latino residents, they have lower vaccination rates than white and Asian American residents. So 
I think there's just a push now to really target certain groups of people and, again, make sure they get vaccinated. And of course, now that it's summer, people are looking at things like Outside Land, Stern Grove Festival. Are things like that also considered safe? What are the guidelines around that? So that is one, you know, asterisk with uh, these new reopening guidelines. So the state is referring to them as um, mega events, and that is defined as 5,000 or more attendees indoors or 10,000 or more outdoors. So these are considered riskier because they often draw, you know, tons of people from all over um, the state, the country, even the world. And people tend to be in close proximity to each other. So um, a lot of this also includes conventions, which I know are, are coming back as well. So um, the guidelines right now say that organizers should require, you know, verification of vaccination status or a negative COVID test um, for entry. And this is in, um, going to be in place through at least October 1st. And um, these guidelines are also recommended um, strongly for outdoor events, but they aren't required. So indoor events required, outdoor not, not required, but recommended. Um, but the other guidelines still, um, you know, are in place. So vaccinated people can go maskless and unvaccinated people should still wear masks. Well, thanks, Kelly, for helping us clarify what this all means. It's a big day for California, for the region, and I'm sure you're going to keep an eye out on what how things unfold as it moves forward. So thanks for chatting with me. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Let's take a break. And when we come back, Erin Alday will join me. She's the Chronicle's lead coronavirus reporter. And we'll talk to her about how she's feeling about this milestone day, the state reopening. We'll be right back. You can support Fifth Emission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. Welcome back to Fifth Emission. Aaron Alday has been the Chronicle's lead reporter on the coronavirus pandemic from the start, and you've heard her a lot on this show. Aaron, there was such a long stretch of time where we didn't even see the light at the end of the tunnel. I wonder what is it like for you more than a year into covering what must be the story of a lifetime to be at this stage of the pandemic? It's it's very um it's it's surreal. Um it's exciting. I mean, it's definitely exciting, um but it's it's kind of I haven't put my head around it yet um because it has been just this really kind of constant, constant threat, this, this constant story, this constant, um, just, you know, activity and presence on my mind. And it, and it will be still, you know, a big part of, I mean, kind of all that I do for, um, for probably the foreseeable future, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's, I I don't quite know how to interpret (laughs) this. I mean, I feel, I do feel really excited and I feel very optimistic. I felt pretty optimistic for quite some time now for like pretty much as soon as the vaccines really started getting a hold and it was clear that they were really working well, I started feeling really good about where we were and just the whole kind of tenor of the conversations I had with people completely changed and getting vaccinated myself was like, that was probably like a really big game changer for me, both as a person and as a reporter. Um, but yeah, this sort of reopening thing, it's um it's it is. It's kind of hard to process. For sure. And even though public health experts are saying we should feel confident about taking off the masks and going back to the things we used to love, 
it does seem like this whole honor system of, hey, you're vaccinated, you can take off your mask. I mean, that seems like we're leaving a lot up to chance, but am I just being too cautious? How do you feel about it's, that? It's a kind of a tough spot because it's, it's on, I mean, there, there's, there's a lot of different ways to look at that. For me as a vaccinated person, I'm not worried about that. Like the threat to me, the threat to the people around me who are vaccinated. Um, it's just, these vaccines are really so powerful that I I think, you know, we're going to generally be fine, you know, assuming that we don't get a variant, that there aren't these kind of problems out there. I do worry a lot about the people who aren't vaccinated for whatever reason. Um, you know, even if they've opted out, I worry for them because I think that it is still really risky out there. I mean, there are, you know, there's there's still cases in California where we're really low. And so your chances of like being exposed to this virus and running into a problem are low. But, you know, we do have more kind of worrisome variants coming in. Um, and it's it's not a small thing to get this. I think people just really lose sight of that. And I mean, especially people who have opted out, obviously a lot of them have never really fully appreciated the danger of this virus. Um, mm -hmm. So I do, I mean, I honestly do worry for them. You know, I know people who have, who have decided they're not going to get vaccinated and I've had very kind of open conversations with them about that I'm worried for them and that you know, I think that this is this is a bad choice they're making. Um, but, you know, at a certain point, people are going to do what they're going to do. And we can't, you know, stop all of our lives because of that. Um, and then, of course, I worry about the people I worry a lot about the people who, for whatever reason, haven't yet had access. You know, we have really upsetting, you know, discrepancies and who who is getting vaccinated. Um, and we need to do better on that. That's just, you know, we have deeply embedded um you know, problems that we're addressing with our with our access to health, our access to health care, our trust in the healthcare system, and that's really reflected in our vaccination rates. And that really bothers me because if we see upticks, if we see surges kind of after this reopening, it's really going to hit those communities as sort of a group. And they've already been just so hard hit throughout this pandemic. So if that's, if we, you know, I'll be personally keeping like a really close eye on that. Obviously our public health officials will be keeping a close eye, but that's going to be really frankly upsetting if we see, you know, cases kind of climbing again in those communities. And we've been hearing a lot about the Delta variant, which has caused spikes in cases in the UK, for example. Is that something that worries you as well? Should we be concerned about that? I mean, again, if I am a vaccinated person, I'm not going to be that concerned about that. I think it's kind of a non-issue. These, these again, these vaccines are really great. Um, I mean, we do still have to kind of get a little bit more information about how these vaccines hold up with the Delta variant. But at, at this point, I feel pretty good about that. But, you know, we've already seen, you know, I just wrote a story recently that Marin County had seen a cluster of cases um, affecting about 90, uh, 20 people um, that was tied to this Delta variant. And the health officer was saying, like, it's clear that this is more infectious, that these were more kind of casual interactions, things he wouldn't have necessarily expected to to spread that far. Um, and I think we're going to that's what we're going to see with this variant is we're going to see these clusters, the out these outbreaks that are affecting Basically, pretty much if you're unvaccinated and you come across this, you're going to get it like it's just going to happen. And that's, you know, there's not really any escape from it, especially if you're going out and about without a mask. You know, you're really putting yourself at risk. So I think we are going to see things like that. And again, it, I think it's going to be really troubling. You know, I don't want to see that. Is it fair to say now that this stage of the pandemic with these restrictions being lifted, it's about sort of leaving unvaccinated people 
up to chance at this point because so many of us, as you say, should mostly feel safe? Yeah. In fact, um, one of the the experts I talked to recently described it as a sort of Russian roulette situation, a Russian roulette situation where um, kind of now more than ever for like the unvaccinated, because we're dropping all of these precautions and they're just sort of going out and about, it's like at least before you kind of you know, we had all of these restrictions in place. Um, and you kind of knew where the virus was spreading, you knew where the danger zones were, you knew where you might want to kind of run into trouble. But now it's kind of like, it's both like nowhere and everywhere, if that makes sense. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, the cases are really low, which is great. That means your chances of like actually running across that case and being exposed to it are much lower. But it also means like people aren't really on the lookout as much. They're not taking those precautions. So you kind of could run into it everywhere in that sense. And so, yeah, I mean, there is like this real risk of like you kind of come across that your chances. I mean, I think on the whole, your chances if you're unvaccinated are lower, obviously, than any other time, just because so many people have been vaccinated um, that we have driven the community case levels down so low. But, you know, if you're if you've stripped off that mask and you're just kind of going back to your normal life and you're not vaccinated, that then, you know, amps up your risk and then you have variants. And, yeah, it's it's definitely, you know, a lot going on out there. And I also wonder for you, as someone who reports on health issues and you've had probably just such an incredible year of covering this for The Chronicle, what has surprised you the most from this coverage and and working so closely on on this issue and reporting on it for us? Um, There's a a lot of things that have surprised me. Um, You know, one of the things that's been really interesting is sort of the fast pace of the information that has been coming out around this. And this is because I've been a health reporter for like 15 years now about. um, Mm -hmm. And I'm used to working on with health stuff, a pretty, you know, science and health moves at a pretty slow pace. Like, you know, researchers take their time and they, you know, second, they have three and four and five and tier, you know, six tiers of people looking at their research and and peer review and all that. And so that'd be like talking to some of these scientists, like sometimes like the day they've made a discovery, right? And they're just sort of kind of speaking very freely about that. And, um, you know, talking to somebody who identifies a new variant, like the day after about, you know, this discovery and what it means and sort of the implications um, on the one hand is really thrilling for me. Like I never get that opportunity to talk to these scientists, you know, about their work on that level. But it also quickly became apparent early on that there's, and this is very surprising and took a while to kind of sink in, um, there's a lot more responsibility um, as a journalist when you don't have those usual filters in place Mm -hmm. to kind of Mm -hmm. tell you like what's, what's important and what's real and to sort of get both sides of things. And especially in the first year of it, when we had, you know, an administration in office in the White House that was just kind of ignoring it to a large degree or or even putting out bad information. And so finding sources of information, finding out, you know, what was real and what's not, and getting literally life-saving information to people on a daily basis was was really challenging. Um, and it was you know, it was really stressful. Like it's, it's like felt like a burden that has kind of, that was a new experience for me in a lot of ways. You're going to continue covering the speed, of course. What do you anticipate the next few months looking for you now that we're at this reopening? 
I mean, I'm really looking forward to it, honestly, um, partly because I'm going to take a vacation. So that'll be nice. Good. Um, I'm glad. <laughs> but but separate to that, I mean, I think it's going to be, you know, more of a mix of good news and bad news, you know, more of the good news and the bad news. So there will be uplifting things to report. Um, I think it's going to be I'm hopeful that it'll be more focused. So you know, there won't be as many sort of surprises, like nasty surprises, because that was the other thing that was like a hallmark of this pandemic was you mm-hmm. just felt like every time you were getting a grasp of things that it would take a sharp left turn and then you'd be in totally new territory that you never anticipated. So right. I feel like, I mean, there still is that potential, but it does feel like we've kind of confronted the things we're going to confront and the things that could go wrong. We have a pretty good sense of what that is. Like, again, like a variant that makes the vaccines not work very well, like yeah, that's there's potential for that, but we have solutions and it's not likely to happen anytime soon. And, you know, for the most part, it's probably just going to be like watching this thing winding down and then looking out for like, who are these groups that have been left behind? What can we do about that? How can we help them? Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a lot of talk now about the sort of it's come down to like a personal responsibility thing now, which I don't like that conversation. I think that's not a good conversation to have. We still have groups of people that we need to be talking about who are affected. And so I think it's going to be, in a a lot of ways, more important than ever to really push hard on those equity issues um, and making sure that everybody comes out of this kind of at the same pace um, with equal access to all those kind of opportunities. So that's going to be really important. But that's that's a fun thing. That's a good thing to report that makes you feel good. What a relief to have some certainty now moving forward. I mean, not everything is clear, but at least we're on this path of certainty. And I'm glad to hear you're taking a vacation as you've well-deserved. And thanks for chatting with me about all the things that have led up to where we are now. Of course. Thanks so much for having me. Big thank you to my guests, Chronicle reporters Kelly Huang and Aaron Alday. For comprehensive reopening coverage, visit sfchronicle.com. Thanks to King Kaufman for his help with the episode and to you for listening.